I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> Are you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that yeah. much of a threat. You know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. Sandfields. Oh, <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. Oh, it's Anfield. It's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it. It's not my fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Tell them. Tell them. The Breakdown Podcast. Yo, what's up, people? It's Mark from The Breakdown Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Really appreciate it. If you haven't already, um, please do go onto our YouTube channel and subscribe. Um, Just type in The Football Supplement, all one word, on YouTube, and you'll find all of our videos. You can also follow us on Instagram at TFSUP. That's T-F-S-U-P-P. Anyway, thanks again for your support. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What's good, people? You're tuned into the Breakdown Podcast. This is episode 14. Got the full squad back in the building. What are you saying, Kofi? More good, bro. Uh, sorry about that. Almost had my ting on mute, bruv. Um, <laughs> off a slow start. But yeah, nah, all good, man. All good. Um, you know, speaking of slow starts and all the rest of it, I think I've still got a hangover over the weekend. But it's a bit, it's a bit nice. <laughs> but yeah, we are where we are, man. Cool. What are you saying, T? I'm good, man. I'm good. Still thriving off the big div and that legendary cameo. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm good, man. Another one. Man, like Origi. Origi. <laughs> He's my favourite Liverpool player, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. What are you saying, Jay? Back, yeah, I'm man. back. Back. Still, um... I don't know about that that Man United loss, but I guess normal normal um, business has resumed. That losing to Man U- Manchester is still <laughs> fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, what can I say, man? Um, I'm good. I'm here. I'm back. The breakdown podcast. So, Kofi, your boys are in trouble. Chelsea are in trouble, or are they in trouble? <laughs> um. It would appear as though they're in trouble, but there's only been two. There's only two losses on the board, so I, I mean, let, let's just chill for a moment. Um, I mean, they haven't lost since they haven't lost a game since. I mean, God knows when they've been actually on a very good run. Obviously, the last couple of games, if I'm going to be honest, have been quite underwhelming. But I spoke to Jay about this when when this particular injury happened, and I said, "Yeah, the problems are going to start." Ben Chilwell getting injured, yeah has just caused an ultimate imbalance in the way that we play with our wing-backs. And because we're having to rely on um, Marcus Alonso, um, you know, playing a position that, yeah, in the past, he's been able to actually play really well in. Um, His lack of physical prowess in terms of being able to bomb up and down and provide the, the, you know, the the pace thrust on the left-hand side that's now lopsided our our way of playing, and we've now become really predictable. Um, you know, with you know Reece, Reece James on the right hand side, and then the other issue that we've got now is obviously the injuries in our centre midfield. Um, coincidentally, we've had this issue midfield since um, Matic left the club, actually, and we have not addressed the issue since. Um, Jorginho is having to be relied upon to play consecutive games. He's now got niggles here and there. Um, He's now made a couple of blunders, let me not call them blunders per se, but a couple of gaffes in the the last couple of games as well. And he's just looked really off the pace. Um, You try to replace him, you bring Sal Neguez in. And Sal Neguez, I mean, at this moment in time, whoever sanctioned that move, um, (laughs) he, he needs a serious looking at because... What Saul's providing at the moment is absolute not. Um, when he plays, I feel sorry for any midfielder that plays next to, next to him because you're essentially playing in your own. Um, and that's the issue that Chelsea have. Um, besides besides that, Chelsea have always had that issue up top anyway with the attackers, not providing, not being able to provide goals or enough goals to be 
able to assist the team in progressing forward and all the rest of it. But removing what what what's helped them get through this period and allow them to do really well, it's now kind kind of killed them. Um, I don't see how they're going to be able to change it because Tuchel has been really, really, really rigid with this three at the back thing. And you've not really seen that flexibility and change the shape and all the rest of it. And we know why he's done that because the the profile players that we've got at the club at the moment, he, in his personal opinion, feels that, you know, it only fits the, um, you know, back three. In the back four, I don't think he's comfortable, especially with someone like Marcus Alonso at left back. That that just can't run. It couldn't run under Sarri. It, couldn't, it can't run now. So... All things considered, I mean, yeah, it looks like, yeah, that, you know, everything's kind of going a bit pear-shaped, but it's still early. There's still a bit of time. Let's see how, how you know, TT kind of recovers this situation. But that's that's my personal view on it. All but right is, 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 it a, is it just a thing of wing-backs, though? Is that the only thing, like, in terms of because the, the, the full-backs provide such width and obviously the attacking thrust... Is that is that what's down to this form? Because obviously you said it's only two losses, but would you say Chelsea's form has dipped only in the last two games, or would no, you no, say it's, it's longer than that? No, it's coincided with the chore injury. That that's what that's mm. what I'm saying. The moment that happens, you just not you just you could just see, and you could just tell that there was a drop off in in their performance in terms of their balance and being able to attack from left and right. And we've talked we've talked we've spoken before about you know. Um, being totally focused on one side and attacking one side and becoming predictable mm. when you're doing that. When you when you're equally when you're equally strong on both sides in the field, you, you find ways to mix it up and you can actually catch, mm. catch your opponents off guard in that respect. So where now you've got Marcus Alonso, I mean Mandem, watch watch him play and I'll tell you, he's very predictable the way he plays. When he receives the yeah. ball, he passes the ball back a lot of the time. He never progresses the ball forward. He can't burst past anyone. So when that ball's on that side, defenders are very comfortable because they know that he's going back. He, he passes the ball back a lot. So when you've got that in a team and you're having to do that and restart, recycle attacks and then play out wide and switch play, it, it, creating overloads becomes really, really difficult. It becomes yeah. really difficult. So th- that's just one element of the issues yeah. that we've got. Um but, but I that think, is a major part, though. I was going to yeah. say that is a major part because one of the big things like, when Tuchel first came in, that was a big thing that was even talking about. Like the way mm-hmm. he, the way Chelsea was getting the ball, switching the ball, creating overloads, was just catching you on the hop from either side. So it yep. doesn't matter. So okay, we're all on this right hand side. Nope, there you go. Chew on that side. Okay, cool. Nope, Reese James on this side. So you never really get set, and that switch of play is kind of key. So if you take that out, because Marcus Alonso. He's making late runs. He's always mm-hmm. more dangerous making later runs and stuff. So the move's already built up and then he'll just make a bursting run and, and have his impression or get his shot off or whatever. But exactly. if that's not coming snappy and sharp and early, then obviously that's going to affect the way the team's attacking. Exactly. And you know what? What you've said is totally right. And if you really think about it, him being able to make those bursting runs in, in behind a back line and all the rest of it, how, how often is that really going to happen? Chelsea, you know, Chelsea coming up against any side, they're going to play with a lower block. So where's the space in behind for him to find himself? Really, yeah. truly. Like, and then he's not going to commit himself that far forward as well. To a point where, where the ball doesn't come, then he can't recover to go back. So that is one of the main issues. But again, the centre midfield, there is a real imbalance there at the moment. And I think, you know, having Kovac out for as long as he's been out for, Kante having the injuries that he's had and being out for, the amount of time that he's been out for a couple of times this season as well. You know, Ruben's obviously doing the job, but again, there, there is a heavy reliance on certain amount of players. And, um, you know, Trevor Chalobah, who all I said would have been perfect to play in a six, because, I mean, he did that against Watford the other day, and he actually changed the impetus in terms of the way Chelsea are actually playing the game. Um, he's obviously out with, with a nasty um, hamstring injury from what, from what, from what I've learned. So, yeah, just little little things now are starting to happen. It's just making me think, oh, the depth in our squad, although Chelsea shouldn't have any excuse with the money that they spent on the past and stuff, the depth in the squad, although there are numbers there, the quality in the, in those in those reserves are somewhat questionable. And that's from past regimes as well. Um, 
Tuchel, to be fair, has not made too many signings himself. So um, this would just be a case of let's just see um, how he deals with it going forward. You know, being a Chelsea manager, you don't get time. He knows this very well. So he's just going to be able to find a way to, you know, set the team up in a particular way to get results. And that's that, man. Mm. Mm. That's true. T, you're, you're a Lukaku fan. Um, your, your boy coming back into the fold, is he, is he going to make a difference? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's... it's uh, you know what, yeah? I was, I was speaking with Jay about this. I feel like we always say that, by the way. We always say like we're, someone speaking to Jay. Jay's like uh, Jay's the resident <laughs> consultant, boy. I'm just a back. I'm a backboard, bro. You guys just ah, throw the baskets and I'm the backboard. You're, you're the consultant, bro. But to, to be honest, I think I think Jay Jay's made some good points in it. But from 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 my point of view, um, he doesn't look like he's he's obviously making the impact that that we would expect it for the for the fee that he's come for. You said um, all. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're saying all. Oh, <laughs> speak for your, speak for yourself. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you 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 got an agenda, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> and we should all hear about your agenda. Anyway, nah, Rom. Listen, let's, let, let's call a spade a spade in there. He, he's not made the impact that 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 people expected for that fee coming in, um, and it's an issue because for me, when he's playing, although you could say it's relatively early. Um, in terms of him coming back into Chelsea and there was the whole storyline, he's different now, he's he's optimised his play and he's a lot more mature and these kind of things. The, the things that existed before in his game that people saw fault in seem to still be quite prevalent. And I think um, with Chelsea at the moment, they seem to be flourishing. Like what, like what Kofi was saying, like, I guess what Chilwell's adding is a lot of thrust what James is adding a lot of thrust, unpredictability. Um, but I think you get the complete opposite with Rom. You get a lot of predictability basically with him. And it causes it seems like it's causing a bit of an issue. Um my my thing actually is is kind of is wider than Rom. I, I think and we, we talked about this last season. I think that there's like a compatibility issue, I think, with Chelsea a little bit. Huge. Like there's a lot of different like types of players, because if I look at the front line now, look at combinations. You got Havertz, you got Werner, you got Lukaku, you got Ziyech, you got Callum. I look at it and I think, okay, because of the quality of all of the players, it can work. But I don't, I don't see the the, the tight combinations. I don't see um, the relationships they're building, and I feel like the profiles of the players are completely different. So. For example, when there's injuries to the front line, it looks like whoever's coming in to play, the, the profile's completely different. Pulisic coming in, the Callum's coming in, Mason Mount's coming in. It's just, I don't know. I mean, that was my question last season when the players were coming in. There's a lot of different types of players there. And I wondered how they were all going to integrate into a star. Um, and maybe that's what's bubbling kind of under the surface. I'm not too sure. Personally, if you if, if you ask me, I don't think there's an issue or or a crisis, like a big crisis where Chelsea lost a couple of games. You know, it was only a couple of weeks ago that Liverpool lost to West Ham and they, they blew a lead to Brighton. Everyone was saying, oh, Liverpool this, Liverpool that. Now everyone's saying, oh, Liverpool scoring goals, whacking teams, this, this and that. So for me, yeah, like they, they Chelsea lost a couple of games, okay. But I, I don't think, I don't think any of the sides basically at the top of the league are going to go unblemished. That there seems to be this president that okay, the teams there top of the top of the league are going to go undefeated and put together these crazy runs. It's like, well, listen, anyone can catch smoke, man. But I don't think it's a crisis. I think the 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 rum thing, yeah, definitely there seems to be an issue. But outside of that, yeah, I I, I don't think it's it's panic. It's alarm bells yet, man. It's cool. It's cool. No, nah, give rum a bit nah. of time. Alarm well. bells is yeah, yeah, alarm bells is strong. <laughs> Alarm bells are strong. Nah, I don't think so. Man. No, no, I, don't, I mean, I don't I don't to say, no, I mean to say it's alarm bells. Oh, okay, that's strong. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, you can't bad. be in the top yeah, three yeah. and say alarm bells. That's myth. Yeah, I, I just think it's a bit, it's a bit thing. I'm saying that, but I think compatibility issues, like I said, yeah, and then the, the wrong thing. You know what, bro? I'm not. I'm going. I'm going to give Jay this because Jay, he makes excellent points of, with regards to wrong, and wrong's my guy. So yeah, 
I'm going to leave it at that. The Breakdown Podcast. <laughs> I wasn't even going to speak about Ron, but I was, what I was going to say was, um, if you guys watched um, Tuchel's um, post-match, the main thing that he kept mentioning was mistakes, 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 mistakes. And obviously, that's something Franklin's touched on um, when he spoke, Kofi Franklin. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, mistakes, the last few games, so Watford, West Ham and United as well. Um, and I guess he's he's more talking about the mistakes that Jorginho and, and um, Mendy Mindy made. And I think the kind of mistakes that these guys are making, particularly Jorginho, is like Kofi um, touched upon. Um, I think Jorginho, who Chelsea rely on to start setting up some of these attacks, controlling the game, controlling the tempo of the game, is concentration. Uh-huh. The you know, the passing back to the goalkeeper, the type of passes he's making. Um, that's twice we've seen it in recent what's it called? We also saw last season when he passed back to um in the Arsenal game, and that was the only goal in the game as well, um, when he made that mistake. Um so and I think Georgina's played a lot of football this season, um, or this year, shall I say, in the Euros, um, last season as well. And you can see that Tuchel's trying not to actually play him every game and he every so often. You know, play start him on the bench, um, and that, I think that is to try and give him a rest. It's probably something that they've noticed in training with maybe some of the stats or metrics that they collect. But unfortunately, obviously, the injuries that um, the little mini injury crisis that Chelsea have, um, he has to play. So, but that's what's I think the main thing. Um, if we look, if we're looking at the last, you know, few games, um, again. As well with with um, with Chelsea, they're trying to play positional play. So the switch of play that you guys are talking about, it's to try and get the opposition out of, um, out of their shape, to drag guys from one side to the other. Um, and obviously, you need either wide men, wingers, or wide men, or the wing backs to be contributing. That they're a contributing factor to the success of that. Um, so when you've got a, a wing back who's not necessarily suited to that that way of playing. Um, then obviously that it makes playing that way difficult. Um, and this again, I'm like kind of covering all you guys' points. Like it kind of goes into the what T was touching on with the combination of players um, to play a certain way. And I think it's something that um, Liverpool and City do quite well. They are able to for players to come in and out. And still be able to carry out, you know, what the manager wants them to do. I think we're seeing with Chelsea that they're struggling. If they have a mini injury crisis or if they have um, to rest players, they're struggling to still keep implementing that way, finding ways to um, create chances and also um, defend as well. So, like on Saturday, with um, when I watched it, I, even when Pulisic and um, what's his name came on. It Cho Cho came on. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the things it was just like it got it got to the stage where it was just like whipping and crosses, you know. Um, James whipping and crosses, yeah. whipping and crosses, and not really, you know, they lost their verve of you know how they actually wanted to create these chances and and score some of these um, score some goals. So yeah, I think with the Lukaku thing, where he comes on, you expect him to maybe hold up the ball. Um, and play some of these men in um, around him wasn't quite you know he wasn't quite doing that um, he's told us all how he wants to play um, he's told us he's told Jamie Carragher he's told us all how he wants to you know play the game um, with his arm and his strength and you know nudging you out of the way whatever and um, I'm a big man so I, I, I can appreciate that a little battle in that <laughs> but, but um, you've, I think in a two-hole system and at the top end, you've got to have a bit more variety and a bit more movement and a bit more, you know, just a bit more um, variety to your game. And I think Tuhu himself prefers to have, you know, a Havertz and a Mount plus um, Zayac or Pulisic. And that allows for the rotations um, and making it a little bit more unpredictable with the attack. I think when you've got Lukaku, 
um, playing, there's only a couple of ways that he can be effective, albeit very effective. Um, and I don't think Tuhu is prepared personally to switch up the whole team to suit Lukaku. Um, he hasn't shown me that yet. He has tried with the whole um, team of Werner and, and a big man and little man next to him up top, but it didn't work. Um, so I don't think he's prepared to do, or he has maybe the players like Lautaro Martinez, who who was re, has an all-round all good game to play around Lukaku to um, get the best out of him. And obviously this isn't Serie A, this is the Premier League, so it's different types of... Um, different type of football. So I think it's not alarm bells. Alarm bells is um, is strong. But uh, there are some patterns that are starting to kind of play out with Chelsea, um, particularly like Kofi said in midfield. Um, and yeah, and um, what was I going to say? Yeah, in midfield, you know, having Cover out, having Jorginho out, having Kante out, these are big guys for them. Um so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not alarm bells. But one thing I'll say is that we have seen Liverpool and City put on 20, 15 to 20 game runs in the season. They're capable of doing it. City have done it a few times. Um, and I feel like, although it's not gone yet, um, you can lose so maybe yeah, two games, six points, and you could be out of it. You could be. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll have to see. It's not. That's the thing. It's it's not that far because City they, they can go on the run. Like City looks sensational. Like and even if City lose one, it doesn't look like they're going to lose the next one. Nah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Even if they draw one, it's just like no. And then I saw even City on the weekend they played Sterling and Greenish, which I wanted to see for a long time, and they're just terrorizing, folding, terrorizing. So that's the thing. We're 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 not saying. It's a crisis. What we're saying is Chelsea, in comparison to those who they're battling the title with, it's like, are those guys showing the same... So, do you know what I mean? Are those guys showing the same sorts of weaknesses and how can that kind of affect them, um, mm. you know, in the run? Because, look, we've got this cluster of fixtures and this is the wrong time to be out of form, to be honest. 15, 20-odd points will get decided in the next few weeks, which is vital when it comes to you know, league table finishes and stuff like that. So it's 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 difficult. I feel like losing Kovacic and Kante and Lukaku for a, a big portion of the season is probably a big a big part of um, you know, why some of the wins have been probably by a lesser margin or whatever else. I think I think Lukaku's fine. He's just he needs to have a run of games. He needs to have a run of games. Um because one thing he's gonna put the ball in the back of the net and it like there's just no there's no two ways about it. Yeah, no, um, I echo everything that you guys are saying. And obviously, one great point you just made, Bark, is Lukaku has been out for a large chunk of the season. Um, anyway, you know, since obviously get receiving that ankle injury that he got. And the one thing that is really important to touch on is that Tuchel has come out and said he's been reluctant to play Lukaku because he feels he's not ready to come back yet. And it's only Lukaku that's basically getting onto him saying he wants to play in you know you know so um for me Lukaku being a big guy being the big guy that he is and all the rest of it he needs a run of games to, in order to get to get to get going he doesn't have the that type of body that he could just be out for a long period of time and come back in and then get up, get back up to full speed it, it, it doesn't work like that um you know anyone that knows sports science just would just know that it doesn't work that way so um it will take him a bit of time um but Nonetheless, from from an intelligence football intelligence side of um, point of view, um, watching what he does and all the rest of it, trying to make the most of the situation, nah, I don't, I, I'm not feeling it, and I don't, and whether that's that old petulance or frustration and all the rest of it that comes in and it kind of deters him from doing the things that he knows he should be doing, I don't know, um, but yeah, he, he needs to start addressing those issues from now because. Um, now more than ever, we actually need it. Yeah, but yeah. Lukaku is not afraid to slap up a mediocre team, though, or or defenders who are even half, like you said, defenders who want to let him roll, want to let him roll, that want to give him half a yard, that want to get touch tight to him. Like, 
he's just gonna. I, I just I can't get over how he what he did to Axel Twan Sabia. I still I'm still frustrated by that. I can't. Believe, he man made him slide bad. Yeah, <laughs> he finished him, and it's like that's what Lukaku will do. That do you know what I mean? And he's not going to become a coming up against the best defenders every single week, and that. So do you know what I mean? If 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 it's a physical game or whatever, at least you have the option. That's probably one thing you say you have the option of Lukaku up there, physical game or a game where it's like somebody wants to have it out and they want to try and prove a point, he's going to embarrass you and make you look very stupid. The thing is, yeah, does does Tuchel... Is Tuchel going to set up for that type of game every game? Because he's a £97 million man, you know? So, ideally, in Chelsea's head, he should be starting every game, I, I would think, because that's a big investment. Mm. Um, but is, is Tuchel willing to set... If that's the way he's got to play him, is Tuchel willing to set up that way? Um, and and have everyone or have the players that need to play with him um, play to his strengths or help him play to his strengths. But you know what? I think Chelsea create a lot of chances, though. That's the only that's the only saving grace I would say for Lukaku. They do create when he's in the side in that year. When they're switching the balls, creating this overload, they cut the ball back quite a lot. So it's like mm-hmm. oftentimes he'll be in the position. He'll be in the position to get the goals. You know, it will be in the zones to get it, but again, it's just he just needs to be fit because I feel like, yeah, it's never going to be a, the perfect fit in terms of your know, DDA Jogbers, for example. You know, it's never going to be like that because the hold up play is just not it's not compatible and stuff like that. It's, it's not going to be that way. Um, but I feel like he's goal scoring and he's got pace, so it's like he's got pace to burn, he's got goal scoring attribute, and in the box, you know, what I'm trying to say he, he can do damage. I feel like he's more just going to answer with. Goals on the board, as opposed to like complete performances. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's one of them. He just complete. It's not going to be a complete performance, but he's going to put the ball in the back of the net, and then that's that. He scored two goals. You can't say nothing to him. Do you know what I mean? He'll probably keep others out in that way. It's just whether Tuchel then says, "Nah, I want more control in a game," for example, and and obviously then we don't know because um, you know how how they won the Champions League final. Um, against C, it's control midfield control. Create, you know, it's it's his tactics and that. So potentially it goes back to to that. But I'm, I'll be interested to see whether this Havertz thing as well, whether Havertz can can make a claim to be the number one himself up there, or whether it's not even gonna. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I never saw Havertz as a striker per se before. He played loads of positions at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, mm. Played wide, played attacking mid. He has played false nine, I think, as well, a couple of times for. Um, so, what about Mount Skull, though? Mount Skull. No one said anything about Mount Skull. It's one of the. <laughs> yeah, but, but, <laughs> I think uh, one of I the mean, best goals that I've seen Chelsea score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't really matter, does it? Does it? I mean, he didn't win the game. So. <laughs> Not to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but but you know what's mad? It doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter to him either. You, you may have posted it in that, but it's a footnote. That's what I was gonna say. He posted it, <laughs> yeah. but it's only it's only ever gonna be a footnote. Do you know what I mean? You might win a mm. win a goal of the month in that. Probably win mm. a goal this season, but um, it was a loss. It, um, it just gave it gave me a reminder of um, Van Persie. Van Persie did that a couple of times um, in his yeah, final yeah, season yeah. with us, so it reminded me of that. Yeah, well, excellent goal, man. Excellent goal. Yeah. Wait, I've got, guys, I've just got, got one more question for you, just on Chelsea before we move on, yeah? I know we've spent quite a bit of time on this, but um, do you feel like, looking at Chelsea's squad now, this is this is me thinking about, thinking more, more so on hindsight, do you think Chelsea's, Chelsea's team, like a two-call side, are just primed and ready for cup competitions than they are, so more, more for an extended league league challenge? I, I would say no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think they're ready for league, man. I, I feel like you know many teams, and obviously T T will know about this. You know, one injury can change your whole season. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It can derail everything that you're trying to do. If the player's big enough, it can happen. So for you guys to have three, not just one, you know, what I'm saying oh. obviously is 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 different. So I don't. I, I feel like nah. Chelsea Chelsea's up there for a reason, isn't it? And you're in there for a reason. So. We'll see. That's my take anyway. I don't know what T 
T thinks about, you know, whether injuries can can affect your season. <laughs> I'm not going to bite on that. The Breakdown Podcast. <laughs> but to, to, to Kofi, bro, to your question, I think that's, that's a sick question. Like, you know, I, I actually think, yeah, I think Chelsea could be primed right now for, for cup competitions because I think one-off games... I think I think if you put if you put Tuchel up against some of the best which he has, you know, one of you know games against Klopp or you know Pep, or whatever, he he seems to be able to block them up. But there's which, Brendan Rodgers as well, isn't it? True, true. Just put him up against <laughs> Brendan Rodgers and he doesn't come up trumps. So <laughs> well, that's, two, that's two that's two cup competitions. It's only fifty percent. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, next time, next time, have Mendy in goal and Tiedemus is not taking that shot from 25 yeah. yards. Can I just say something here? Are you sure? Mendy. Are you sure? Yeah, I'll... He's... No. Are you, are you Kepa, sure he's not taking listen, that shot? Listen, Kepa just... is shoot on sight. <laughs> Can I just say something? Yeah? I would... see Mendy, penalties, yeah? Mm. Uh, he's never gone the right direction. And that's where cop competitions yeah. can go. Yeah, <laughs> to no. penalties. Yeah. <laughs> And he always gets subs for when it's a cup competition. Okay, so there is obviously... Um, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, he always gets subbed off for, for, for Kepa. So. Yeah, I think he shootouts, cool. Yeah. He, Kepa has him had there, but everywhere else here, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Mm-mm. But yeah, nah, I don't man, know. If I was playing against Mendy today, I'd be shooting, blood. What do you mean? <laughs> no, you just, no, 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 pass to him. He passed him. Yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> I pass. <laughs> Listen, this is this is this is hype, man. This is very hype because it was only it was only what game was it? Uh, the Brentford game. I think it was a Brentford game. Yeah, everyone yeah, after yeah, that yeah, praising yeah. Monday. Yeah, Monday's this, Monday's that. It's like, listen, for me, he's a good shot stopper, man. Good shot stopper. Mm. Like mm. all of this, all of this swinging from left to right. Nah, man. Listen, let's have some balance, man. Nah, mm. no, no, no. Mm. But well, some of us, some of us have had doubts from early. That you, you have to put that on record. Listen, not doubts, listen, but listen. some of us have raised. I know what that's about, mate. I know, I know what those doubts are about. Yeah, I know what those doubts are about, and I'm not going to name your name. <laughs> I'm not going to name your name. We're going to take this up, mate. Listen, all I'm saying, yeah, is that you know, when when you can see a pattern of things. I, you know what? You see it with players as well, innit? It's like, for example, take Man United, take Fred, yeah? People will say what they want about Fred. Ah, oh, he's done well. He's done well for a couple of weeks. Let's, let me see three, four, five months without these traits. Then I'll talk. Because the same thing with Martial, same thing with Martial, same thing with Pogba. People, let me see some... You know what I'm saying? Let me see some consistency of this level. Then I will say, okay, you know what? What I said was absolute rubbish. For example, Salah, same thing. I was looking at I was, when, when he first came to the Prem, whatever. He just sometimes running the ball out of play, sometimes good runs. But his consistency means that, you know what? We throw it out the window. Do you get what I'm saying? But there's certain players who you just know there's a certain things they're going to do. They're going to be a certain way after a while. That's all I'm trying to say. Players can improve. Players can improve, man. You know, Definitely. Salah's a good example. Definitely. Yeah, but Fred's not. You know what I mean? As a Man United fan, I don't feel like... I feel like, don't get me wrong, Fred can be better, but the bar is quite low. What, in terms of what he was doing before, the bar was super low. So him looking remotely human... It's like, oh, fifty million pounds, and how many years later? Like, it's good, but I want to see, I want to see what this manager is going to get out of him potentially moving forward. Do you know what I mean? Because it seems like one training session, and all of a sudden, he looks, he looks a lot better. Or is it just like him not playing in the six, and then he looks better? But there's a certain things like Fred always has a mistake in him. Doesn't matter where he's playing on the pitch, he's going to give you the ball back if you leave him in possession long enough. But I guess then that's down to coaching per se. Uh, that's what I was going to say because if it is if it is this kind of drastic or dramatic switch up in form and the the, the the variable is the coach to me it's very clear that what's that what the situation is there that he can only he can only do he can only carry out instruction at the end of the day and it looks like someone's come in and said okay you know what we're going to put you here we're going to, maybe, maybe you'll be a bit more offensive maybe you have a bit more license to go express yourself to go and be effective in another area of the pitch and 
listen, it might be banter or whatever, or I know I know your feeling on it, but I I genuinely feel like he was he's been your best player the, the last two three games. He's he, he's made an actual an actual impact, you know, and it's clear to see. I think he's done well, but that's that's the question now, isn't it? Like Oli's gone, and you know, I'm a Man United fan. Good riddance, personally. As a coach, good riddance, man. It's like, you know, we even stopped talking about him on the podcast because there's nothing more to say. It was just waiting for it to happen. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he needed to go, but it's, it's mad how but two coaches, shall we say even say two, one who's unqualified and one who is qualified, both of them have shown more tactical awareness than, than you know, Oli. Well, probably ever did in his time there. Um, Michael Carrick, I thought like the way that he set the team up, Man United team up for the games he was in charge was quite good. You know, he put he put he just put people in positions. He showed that he understands what he's doing. Um, Ralph, again, the weekend. You know, everyone goes on about it. This the four two 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 formation um, that he played, but more so than that, it's like I feel like it was the first complete performance from start to finish that I saw from a Man United team in a number of years. Even the times on the Oli where they're beating teams and whatever, you always felt like Man United was sneaking it. You know, it's like they were sneaking it. They weren't really controlling games. They weren't dominating games and whatever. Um, And I just felt like that's one training session. Do you get what I'm saying? What I liked about what Mm. Ralph said as well, they asked him like, what's your style? Like, are you going to drop players? And it kind of it's the question that we on our I think on our first episode or second episode that we did of the broadcast we were saying, do you when you come into a club do you kind of say these are my players and I choose my system to suit the players or do you kind of say no this is my system and whoever doesn't fit in doesn't play, and he seemed to say the opposite he seemed to say well, I know I've got Ronaldo for example at the club but he's a big player so I'm going to work with him do you know what I mean and it seems like he's he's more adapting to what's what's happening. Like you see, someone like Fred, he might benefit. McTominay, I would say, is not benefiting and will not benefit from, from that kind of system. Um, because one thing, one, and this is the parts of Fred that are going to flop, in my opinion, that eventually will kind of level out and stuff. Um, unless Fred is next to somebody who can play, eventually it will be him having to switch the ball and whatever in this kind of system. And I feel like that's where he might suffer. But I feel like Rangnick, he knows what he wants, obviously. He knows what he wants to do. He knows how to implement it. But for me, it's just a stark contrast from as soon as Oli's left. Have they lost the game? No. They haven't. And no. Is that a bounce? Is that, is that a bounce? Like, I don't know. I, I can talk about United all day, but what do you lot think? Do you think that that's a, a bounce or do you think it's actually tactical? Um... In my opinion, there's definitely a case of just just simple tactical tweaks. Um, I think we probably saw it more so even under Carrick in the Villarreal game, where there just seemed to be a bit more emphasis on, you know, pressing the ball further up and all the rest of it. I know they didn't start the game that greatly, um, but it just felt like they were even just trying to get those cobwebs off them and all the rest of it. And, um, you know, T spoke about Fred and Fred again, you know, doing his job, winning the ball further up and then Ronaldo obviously scoring in that game and it just seems to be a constant theme now. Um, even at the game in Staff- at Stamford Bridge, you know, although United weren't as adventurous going forward, you could just see what what they were about um, off the ball anyway. Um, and it just seems that tactically that, that there are changes there and you know what? I'm probably someone that probably doubted a few of the players in the squad in terms of how how adaptable they are to, to change and all the rest of it. But just being able to see, you know, one change in one training session under Ralph and then see the performance they put on under the weekend just kind of tells you where they're at in terms of intelligence as individual players. So um, can't call it about um, if tactically you can actually physically see what they're doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's still early, but... Yeah, I can't lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like it from a from a Chelsea fan perspective. I don't mm-hmm. like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I think I think the thing with United um, in the last few games, but for 
game against um game against Crystal Palace is that you saw some of the things that you expect a top team to be doing in the modern game. So, you know, playing as a unit, trying to dominate the game, third man runs, um and 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 actual patterns of play. Although uh, what I would say is that probably United are still what they're gonna have to work on coming um, going forward is actually how to build their attacks and how to coordinate those um those those kind of things. But you still saw from just that one training session from Ralph how to press, what to do um when you've lost when you've lost the ball and where how to um counter press the team. Um and even under Carrick, Carrick was is I guess was a bit different. Is obviously a bit different from from um, Ralph and is obviously less experienced, but at least he tried to. He it's like he took every game as it was and tried to adapt the team to the team that he was playing to get a result. So there's many ways to skin a you know to skin a cat, but since Oli's left, the two managers that have been in charge have implemented the, some ideas different from each other, but to try and get results from the team. So we can see that the team is capable of getting results and capable of being part of a bunch that are at least fighting for the top four. So, yeah, fair play to, what's it called? Um, he was called Reluctant Ralph before. Maybe he's relieved Ralph, <laughs> I don't know, um, yeah. to get the win. He's Red Ralph now, man. Red Ralph, Red yeah, Ralph. okay. Red <laughs> Ralph. So, yeah, fair play to him. Just one training session. He's put in his, I guess, his key points forget about the formation just tell them guys this is what you need to do and we you know we'll, we'll, we'll at least yeah. play a good game you know see me the position of those fullbacks yeah that's that's the sweetest that's the sweetest thing for me the sweetest mm. thing because the the wide men are kind of tucking tucking in so united all the united's in wide men space. they're just they're just chucking it and just leaving this lovely tunnel tunnel down the right and left hand side and where's Manchester United before used to be so left side dominant under Oli so left side dominant so left side and individual quality and individual moves now it's just seen like Diogo Delo for me he's been my favourite player personally the last few games Diogo Delo has been fantastic and it's just so it's so good to have a footballing right back in my opinion it's so good to have somebody that can pass the ball around the corner and not just pass it sideways and back and stuff like that He's actually a, a baller. Do you know what I mean? Telles is actually a good footballer. You know what I mean? He whips in a good cross. So for me, those are the big things like um, seeing that there. And you can only see the, play, like, the, the the squad developing because then you've got, now you start to see like actually maybe Jesse Lingard in this in this kind of formation actually could do something. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe Donny van der Beek in there now can, can contribute kind of thing. Now there's a certain players that you go and do you know what actually because you saw um, Ilanga as well come on on the weekend, and again, it's like I just I just like the fact that there's now because there's a system, we can now see what these players are capable of. You know what I'm saying? We can see it. Um, Jaden Sancho, same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, you can see what he can potentially do because there's a system. Jaden Sancho's used to playing in a system from Germany, so it was just like all of a sudden he comes here and it's vibes and he's sitting on the bench and it makes it even look even more criminal. You know, you know what I mean? It just makes you think to yourself, how was this allowed to go on for so long? Because Ralph will not even say, Ralph isn't the best coach in the world in terms yeah. of, do you know what I mean? There's, there's better coaches there, but just someone applying common sense to the, the, the squad. And for me, what was the big thing is the amount of times they turned over the ball against Palace in the first five, 10 minutes. It was like they were losing the ball, but they were already in positions to start crowding out people and turning over the ball and getting possession back. They were already up the pitch. They didn't care. And Zaha didn't have a sniff the whole game. Do you know what I mean? couple of little runs, but, you know, Zaha, frustrated Zaha. I love frustrated Zaha because it means you're doing a good job. Do you know what I mean? When he's all smug and everything like that, it's he's winning. Do you know what I mean? But United won the battle against someone like him. Um, so I feel like playing higher up the pitch, turning over the ball... That's how they should be playing. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Um, and it just seems like now they've not only realised they've got the players, but players themselves start believing a bit more that, like, okay, yeah, this is the plan. This is what I've got to do. Um, it just—I don't want to keep talking about Oli, but it's like, what was he doing? What on earth could he have been doing in training? I have no idea what he could have been doing. The breakdown podcast. <laughs>
it just makes me think about some some basic skill sets you know communication these kind of things i think immediately when when you think about ralph you think about principle and you think about leadership think about communication like i said strategy and like you said he's he might not be the best coach in the world but he's very clear very clear like this is exactly what i want and this is what i expect we might not win every single game but it's it's almost like a it's like it's it's like the the training for these guys it almost beca- it just becomes second to none becomes embedded in your dna you just know your your instinct is to okay we're going to press the ball like this you know for for me when i had a look at the game i didn't watch it live but i had a i had a look at a couple a couple of um like extended highlights and i was looking at maguire's positioning and i was thinking to myself you know what if he was if he was holding this kind of higher line under oli i could see already he's not looking confident the players around him not looking confident all of a sudden lindelof or whoever's playing next to him someone makes a you know the wrong move or a bit of a mistake in this and in, in the ripple effect you can see it there the confidence is just shattered but all of a sudden when you have a unit it's like okay one line goes the other line goes the other line goes we all go together then all of a sudden you don't look you don't look so vulnerable it doesn't matter who you play against because everyone's working together and it's, it sounds really basic like like everyone's been saying but that's just for me the skill set of a clear coach who understands exactly what they want to implement what they want to do and the philosophy is there man you know we've we've seen it um Thomas Tuchel Klopp you know um um uh Hassan Hootel, these these kind of guys they they were obviously borrowed from from his philosophy so listen like what Kofi was saying I'm not I'm not very happy about it I've not said too much because I'm looking at it and I can see I can see what's going on and it's just like ah oh. and then Ralph as well like the certain things he's saying like he he said something like oh and um, you know what um I'm going to review my period at the club at the end of this six and a half months and I'm going to see if I want to recommend my them to extend me and that to me says a lot because it's like that's the figurehead you've been missing for all this time somebody who's going to impose themselves and be like listen it's going this way this is what we're doing simple as that everyone's going to follow i don't need to persuade anyone don't need any antics any funny business this is what we're doing it's a respect thing it works everyone believes in it and and off we go and we, and we can see the offshoots of it straight away i i just i just what i want my coaches to wear tracksuits and be on the training pitch yeah look like they're directing not just sitting you know what i'm saying not just sitting there or standing there looking like some head honcho i don't want that i want man to be getting dirty on the pitch, you know what I'm saying? Actually showing man what to do um, in there, in the mixer. And I, I love the fact that when you're talking to him about in his post-match press conferences, I remember we were talking a few weeks ago, Klopp, he broke down one game so like well that it was just like, wow, okay. And he was saying stuff and you're like, actually, I'm learning. When I listen to Pep, I'm learning. When I listen to Tuco, I'm learning. But it's just refreshing to hear somebody say that. And if, me personally, as a Man United fan, just give it to Ralph, man. Just if he does well in these, you know what I mean. If he does well to the end of the season, Ooh. give it Ralph. Re, re, <laughs> that sounds like real, bro. Why don't you finish? Give it, it Ralph. <laughs> give it Ralph. Right. Get the contract out <laughs> and let him sign it. Yeah. <laughs> give him whatever he you wants. Know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying though. Like for me, it's like actually, I'd rather give it to a qualified football person. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like I'd rather give it to someone with a plan of what they're trying to do. And you don't need to give him no big... He don't, I don't think he... I mean, Audi's in his, in his 60s now. I don't think he wants no big long-term managerial no, 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 no. post anyway. So I'd rather give him time to just, you know what I mean, work further with the players. And then they scout, scout a coach that can come in and, like you say, be his kind of understudy as him as a sporting director or whatever, that person as the actual coach. And then you can just continue on the tradition of what they're trying to do. Because the club does need that bridge, do you know what I mean, between... What was happening on the Sir Alex Ferguson and what's going to be happening in this new era of you know of Premier League football? There needs to be a bit more of a bridge there. So I'm happy that he's coming. Obviously, it's good positive results at the moment. Like I say, I'm not getting too carried away because I know it's still there's certain players that are still they're still themselves. They're still going to be you know what I mean. They're still going to do what they do. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, but there's going to be more of a um, there's going to be more at stake for them. You know, oh. there's, there's actually a plan for them to follow. So I'm happy that that's the case. And I can actually watch games and actually want to want to flipping be, you know, it got to a stage where I, either I wasn't watching games or I was watching games just out of pure 
that's what's on. I wasn't excited to watch the team at all. At least now, Jaden Sancho's on, and I'm thinking, what tricks he going to do next? You know what I mean? And when you lose that as a fan, it's just it's it's. I don't know how you can watch a team when you're not even you're not even excited to see anybody play. That's how it was, but that's why I'm at now, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you've left me it was me and you in it before Mark yeah, Oli and, and Artes now you, you've left me bro, and I'm on my own bro <laughs> I'm telling you but anyway oh, I won't man. make it about, about us man but yeah <laughs> no I'm sure I'm sure after, well, depending on what's going to happen at Arsenal Everton I'm sure next week we might have to um, have a conference <laughs> yeah trust trust, trust. On them. but anyway yeah so cool last like sort of 10 minutes or last 5-10 minutes or whatever Let's let's talk about it. Obviously, Ballon d'Or saw what happened. Messi won the Ballon d'Or. Um, did anyone think he should have? He actually deserved the Ballon d'Or. Could anyone make an argument for why he would get it? What based on other people? What other people have said? No, uh, I just do you you guys personally? Do any of you think the Copa America was worth Ballon d'Or? No, I, I mean, like. He had a respectable, by his standards, a respectable season with Barca. I mean, to be fair, looking at Barca now, they are terrible. So for him to have even galvanised them the way that he did last season, to be fair, is is quite special, to be fair. But that alone should never have been enough for him to have won the whole thing. Um, I mean, the Copa America one, yeah, it's a nice um, sentimental story and all the rest of them for what it means and that. But again, that's that's exactly what it is, it's sentimental. And um, nah, like if he was gonna win it, it it, it, it had to have taken taken a lot more than that to to beat someone like, like Robert. To be fair, and that's just my opinion. But we are where we are. I got a question. Um, with with Ballon d'Or, do they count? It's the year in it. It's the calendar year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we so we're taking into account also some of his PSG um, oh. games as well. Is that true? Is that is, yeah, is that correct. So, so the cutoff, the cutoff, the, the cutoff yeah, was he shouldn't have won it. October. The cutoff was the sixth cutoff of October. Was... Yeah, sixth of so October he's... apparently. Yeah, you know. Boy. Boy. That is oh, rough. Yeah. Anyway, that <laughs> <laughs> is rough. Absolutely rough. I'm sorry. Like walking messy. Walking messy, mate. But walking messy. Oh wow. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Messi, to be fair, let me be fair, Messi has been doing a lot of walking for a long time. But but we see him walking in good games and bad games. So we see him walking when they're losing 8-2 and we see him walking when when they're doing well. And it works. So it it can go either way. But this walking Messi, the one at PSG, it's uh, it's the, what do you call it? The walking dead, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. uh, it is no, bad. No, I think he misses bad. he misses Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, he needs to go back, man. Yeah. Just pay him off, bruv. Buy out a contract and go back because yeah. th- this is mad. I can't lie. Wait, Laporta said that he um he wishes he could play for free. <laughs> so that that to me that to me tells right, you so that he's not going back to Barcelona. <laughs> we ain't got the minerals for that big man. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. So, so okay, cool. If you guys were to put your 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 top three um, Ballon d'Or list, if you was to do that, who would make your one, two, and three? Would anyone have apart from T? I oh, know, forget T for a second. Kofi <laughs> J. Anyone other than Lewandowski, number one? Nah. Do you want my top three? That would yeah. answer your question. So my my top three, I had Kante number one, Robert number two, okay. and Messi number three. That's what I had. So I would have Kante okay. um, because yeah. I, I know, like you know, usually um, uh, these these kind of awards go to attackers and goal scoring charts and stuff like that, um, or you know, attacking play. But I'm in the midfielders camp, man. I I, I think we need a midfielder. To win, we've needed a midfielder to win for a long time. Um, I think there's been some. What, so no Jorginho though. So not Jorginho then. No, not Jorginho. Nah, not in the top three. Not, not in the top three. Kante. Because he won. Kante. He won what Kante didn't win. 
That's true. But Kante's performance in the Champions League outshone Jorginho's by far. He, like, Kante outshone my man. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the Italy, the Italy win was a team performance. There, there wasn't really, for me, one... And I, I mean, apart from Spinoza. Is it Spinoza? The, the um, left-back. And, and Chiesa as well. And Chiesa, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, they they shone, but as a whole, that, that was a team performance. So, you know, they were all yeah. on point um, for the Italy one. And I just think that Jorginho was just present. But he also missed a penalty, so which could have scuppered it. <laughs> we could have, we could have scuppered it. So to hang the hat on him, like that the Euros was him, he could actually could have scuppered it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got to look at it that way. Um, but in terms of like Kante, when Kante's on the pitch, the way he plays, I'm sorry, there's very few midfield mineral. Um, nah, there's very few midfielders that can match my man's like. Everything like he, he has to be number one for me anyway. So, so who's two? So two for you is Lewandowski. Lewandowski. This and season, Lewandowski should have won twenty twenty. So yeah. So yeah. who's who's third? Messi third for me. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. All right, Kofi, what's your three? It's mad. It's the same three players, but it's just Robert number one. Um, so Robert number one, Kante two, Messi third. I can't, can't, can't be mad at that. That makes sense. T. I can't believe I was I was outlawed like that. That's that's shocking. <laughs> um, for me, um, so Louis number one. I would have Benzema number two, and then Kante three. Interesting. No Salah. No, man. no Salah. Man. Right. You've Why changed. no Salah? Just a few few exactly. podcasts ago. You, Back you, your point, you... please. No, you know what it is. Obviously, like when we were, when we knew we were going to speak about this, Salah's this season, yeah, he's been unreal. He's we've gone to another level. But like Kofi said, if it's from October, like okay, it's from October. But for me, he's been performing at this level, yeah, August to to um, now kind of thing. And I I, I want to see this this kind of the year that level of performance. Yeah, last season he he did his thing, but collectively. You know, Liverpool weren't weren't the greatest, and he he wasn't the greatest either. You know, he, he did his thing, but he doesn't deserve, in my opinion, to be in the top three. So, yeah. Cool. I say mine, Lewandowski number one. Um, now that you said it, I think the Conte one makes sense um, to be in my in my three. But I would say Lewandowski number one. I'll put I would put Salah number two. Um, Mm. And I'll put Lewandowski number one, Salah number two, and number three, I'll put Kante in there. I was going to say Benzema, but I'm thinking, nah, Kante. Kante. I, like, I love Benzema as well. I'm a big you know, Benzema fan, but I would say Kante number three, man, 100%. He, he, he does deserve mm. more recognition mm. to be in there. I feel like we take Kante for granted because he's been at such a consistent level for so long um, and in winning yeah. teams and stuff like that. But when he's finished... We're gonna start saying why didn't he win a Ballon d'Or? Oh, I know for mm-hmm. a fact when he's finished, we're gonna wonder how he could have won so many titles back to back to back to back. And you know, what I mean, I think he's won. Has he won Premier League Player of the Year once? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Once, yeah. But we're gonna wonder why why that was not so. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. um, when he's done so much in the game and that, but it was what it was. All I'm saying is the messy thing. It's like. He plays for France. I mean, uh, plays in France now. Ballon d'Or, French thing. I don't know. Mm. Or maybe it's the Maradona thing. Maybe it was the Maradona connection. Um, Maybe it was the fact that Ronaldo wasn't so, like, wasn't so good for Juventus last season and that made Messi's one look even better. Because, you know, usually it's out of those two, right? And if it's not Ronaldo, Mm. then it's Messi. You know what I mean, and um, and if it's not Messi, then we look to Ronaldo. But obviously, Ronaldo's out of the equation, so therefore, you just had Messi. I don't know if that's what it was, but um, yeah, it's a bit mad. And Jorginho, I do feel like there's been a bit of a rebrand because he's won, you know, some team trophies and stuff like that. Um, he's not as bad as people were ever saying he was, but he's also not as good as you know, dyeing mm. your hair and then doing his parade and saying, "Oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just 
<laughs> he's moving so smug at the moment that it's like, you know, okay, I hear you, I hear you, but let's see, in, you know what I mean? Let, let's see if he can continue this level um, that he thinks he's at and whatever. Because I like Jorginho, by the way, but I just don't like it. Like you said, if, if Jorginho's getting in there and Conte's not in there, it's a bit mad for me. Mm. Yeah, no. He don't, boy. It's a bit nuts. Well, yeah, I think... No, I was going to say about this Messi thing. I, I, like, apparently, um, Louis, I think Lewandowski was saying that he knew like a few days before that he wasn't going to win it and stuff like that. Um, so that's interesting as well. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> it is yeah. 